Volume One, Chapter Four of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter Four Jack Falstaff with my familiars, John with my brothers and sisters. Shakespeare. In the present frame of European society, virtue and vice are no longer ultimate facts there are virtues and vices for every station and degree for an honourable john percy for instance to be called jack percy implies the currency of good fellowship in the world of fashion but for a mr baltimore of baker street to be called jack baltimore infers decided disorderliness of morals or finances such a jack must needs be a man cunning in the odds expert at billiards addicted to punch knowing in horseflesh the very samuel johnson of the slang dictionary and unfortunately the father of arthur armitage's marion was commonly called jack a jack with a small and decreasing income and a large and increasing family mrs baltimore though not in her turn called jill was scarcely a more eligible connection than her husband well born but endowed only with a very pretty face she had eloped in a tandem at sixteen expecting to live with her dear baltimore the same dressy noisy mail-driving racketing life she had seen him living at the watering-place where their ill-starred acquaintance originated but jack disappointed in his notion of having married an irish heiress wisely judged that bachelor pleasures are by no means calculated for conjugal participation he did not choose that there should be a mrs jack and mrs baltimore accordingly being totally deficient in the qualifications which inspire a woman well-ordered home man's best delight to make became a dawdle and a slattern finery she could not renounce but poverty willed that it should be faded and shabby finery and ringlets and rouge combined with soil satins and rumpled linen to endow her with an air the last a well-thinking woman would wittingly incur still with all her offences to the eye there was something not wholly despicable in mrs baltimore she was a doting mother to the ten children whose necessities encroached so largely on her luxuries and much as she loved a smart cap or showy gown willingly resigned all to afford a good tilbury and a fine horse for her dear jack whom she alone by the way of all the world called baltimore the society of such a house as may easily be conjectured was anything but select a few young noblemen in their nonage were occasionally to be seen at jack baltimore's who on attaining their majority were heard of there no more but for the most part the circle was composed of coaching smoking fancy sort of men each with his terrier or his bulldog familiarly at his heels each having his good song or his good story appropriately his own each the best fellow in the world and each incessantly involved in squabbles with the fellow-creatures his inferiors fortunately for mrs baltimore strong conjugal and motherly affections had preserved her in morals and reputation free from blemish amidst such injurious associations but they had not tended to improve her manners or refine her mind all these best fellows in the world were heartily welcome to her house 
they evinced no disgust towards her slipshod habits were ever ready to lend their sticks or whips to her seven little boys and to swear by george or the lord harry that her baby was the most promising puppy of the kennel we have described mrs baltimore's better propensities her ruling foible was an ardent aspiration after fashion she knew that as the wife of a sporting man and still more as the mother of his large family she could not pretend to much enjoyment of the pomps and vanities of the world still she could not refrain from bending a wistful eye upon the ball describing details of the morning post or the flashy vis-a-vis that rolled along beneath her windows although without exactly wishing that heaven had made her baltimore such another man as the yellow nabob whose hoards were the origin of that gaudy hammercloth or of those banquets with their plateaus of gold it was therefore a great delight to her when her sister mrs dyke robsey who instead of marrying a jack had married a jacob came to settle in a handsome house in portland place on occasion of her husband's taking his seat in parliament for although jack baltimore expressed an opinion that a man who with ten thousand a year drove job-horses and had his carriages turned out by a bargain-builder in the borough was not worth his salt mrs b saw in her sister's opera-box equipages and gorgeous establishment an endless source of pride and pleasure to her family let us do her justice it was not of herself she thought but of her pretty marian her promising marian who was now leaving the school at which it had cost her mother so many personal sacrifices to place her and as mrs dyke robsey was almost as good-natured a woman as her more prolific sister it was soon settled among them that instead of taking possession of the attic destined to her use in baker street miss baltimore however humbly brought up by her parents should be brought out by her aunt with all the advantages derivable from ostentatious vulgar bustling fussy wealth jack who had sense enough to feel that among his companions there was no one he should like to see entangle the affections of his daughter sanctioned marian's translation with a half grumbling adjuration that much good might it do her and mrs baltimore when perusing in the morning papers the names of mrs dyke robsey and miss baltimore in the list of the company at the opera or at some charity ball at willis's felt herself amply repaid for the sacrifice of her dear girl's aid in making frocks for the children or her dear girl's company throughout the long evenings which the good fellowship of jack so often rendered solitary meanwhile mrs dyke robsey was never weary of asserting that marian's beauty produced the greatest sensation and that she would certainly make a very brilliant match the first season however passed away without any such consummation for marian was generously permitted by her father to refuse the offer of a man of some hundreds of thousands a little old-fashioned creole kinsman of her uncle's who wore nankin shorts and looked like some curious shrivelled reptile imported in spirits from the caribbees but she was only nineteen and marian is sure to make a good match was still often and sanguinely repeated even in marian's presence she at least was unsolicitous on the subject the good match so frequently predicted was chiefly an object of ambition 
because she saw that the hearts of her fond mother and kind aunt were set upon her triumph while her father had more than once asserted her that were she to marry well it might be the making of her brothers and sisters all that might be included in that one word well marian could not at first determine from the moment she became acquainted with arthur armytage her notions of marrying well became fixed as fate she now perfectly understood the meaning of the term to marry well was to marry a captain in the life-guards of ancient family heir to a fine property in yorkshire gay as herself candid as herself and if less fortunate in the tender-heartedness of a mother miss baltimore at present knew nothing of the deficiency from the first time he sought her as a partner and marian had lain awake the remainder of the night pondering over every word addressed to her by the young soldier in the course of the memorable quadrille her fate was sealed she felt that her future happiness must depend on becoming the wife of one who was at once so gentle and so sprightly so refined yet so unfine and as arthur was equally prompt in pinning his trust upon the purity of nature which in spite of two seasons in town and the chaperonage of mrs dyke robsey sent the blushes so warmly into his partner's cheek whenever he hazarded a compliment somewhat tenderer than the routine of ballroom commonplace she was not long kept in suspense the robseys fully appreciating the advantages of such an alliance for their protege invited him to portland place gave him the best of dinners and the elite of their muscovado fashionables for his fellow-guests and arthur still more and more enchanted by the beautiful girl who was undisguisedly still more and more enchanted by his homage evinced the most praiseworthy deference for the art in her gold-tissue turban and silver-tissue gown no less than for the little diminutive wheezy mr dyke robsey who having been wrapped in cotton during the first six months of his life had for the remaining sixty years been swathed in furlongs of fleecy hosiery to render his attenuated frame tolerably equal in volume to the average of the human race and who with a petit filet de voix which had never attained sufficient vigour to frighten a canary bird had considered it a duty due to his thousands a year to buy his way into parliament having constantly seen miss baltimore domiciliated with these weak but worthy people arthur flattered himself she was an orphan he liked the thoughts of marrying an orphan an orphan without brothers or sisters who would have no one but himself to love and who would love him so dearly who would find a parent in his mother and a sister in sophie and it was a great disappointment on making his proposal to the nineteenth part of a man which called itself jacob dyke robsey esq m p for the hand of his niece to be referred to mr and mrs baltimore of baker street and to be introduced to the nine little baltimores jack in his single-breasted coat jack so well known at tattersall's jack with a heavy book for the derby jack who with a gripe of the hand and a slap upon the shoulder told him he was a devilish fine young feller and heartily welcome to his daughter 
struck him with consternation for now for the first time he reflected on the fastidiousness of his mother the picture of proud well-built well-ordered airy holywell rose like an exhalation before his mind's eye as he sat in the littered drawing-room in baker street full of children and bird-cages with mrs baltimore attired in all her tawdry best and excited by the joy of the moment into a flightiness of speech which he was not skilled to trace to its true origin never did he so warmly wish that his lovely marian had been an orphan it was on that day he wrote to his sister it was in the course of that evening that jack who accounted a rattle in a well-horsed mail or post-chase among the recreations of life strongly advised his son-in-law-elect to get the start of rumour and make the best of his way to holywell knowing mrs armytage by report only as having warned off the hounds from her estates he settled it that she must be a queer one and succeeded in starting arthur on the great north road to smooth down her queerness by telling his own story at one moment he even talked of bearing his future son-in-law company in the expedition but this young armytage was obliged to negative as hazardous to its success i knew that girl would be the making of the family god bless her cried jack to his wife giving his hearty benediction to marian on her return to portland place after the departure of her lover i like the chap she's picked up prodigiously i went with him to the stables this afternoon and a cleverer thing than that bay pony of his i never set eyes on he seems very good-tempered replied mrs baltimore the pony no captain armytage he's promised to take harry and billy to the opera as soon as he returns from yorkshire better take them to astley's there's some sense in that i don't much like what i hear of the old mother tom warley was hunting down in that country last season and he tells me she's the devil of a tartar i trust she won't be unkind to dear marian there's no occasion for the young people to live with her the question is what she will give em to live on elsewhere they can't do with less than two thousand a year armytage won't hear of remaining in the army and as i've been telling him since dinner the best thing he can do is to settle in a snug box somewhere where the sporting's good and comatable and with a good horse or two in his stable and a good bottle of wine to his cellar and a spare bed for a friend and he will be the happiest feller in the world and then when the old lady drops there he is plump into a splendid property but as i said to him to-night if they should happen to fall out in the meantime there'll be no chance of the estate falling in <laughs> but why should they fall out eagerly inquired mrs baltimore more interested in her daughter's happiness than her husband's jocularity oh i don't know if the dowager's so stuck up as they say she mayn't think it a good match for her son a good match indeed well you see my dear i've told this young chap as i've told em all whoever marries marian must take her in hush my dear baltimore you do use such expressions but as the captain is so rich he don't want fortune in a wife and as to merit and cleverness where will he find marian's equal such a daughter 
such a sister and did you hear her sing light guitar this evening it was equal to miss inverarity and then for family my father was one of the first clothiers in gloucestershire and yours was an irish baronet i don't know what the old lady can reasonably wish for more and yet well well ejaculated mrs baltimore puffing out the supernumerary lights which had graced the drawing-room in honour of the illustrious courtship in the family let the old lady only see marian and there will be an end of her opposition moving in the first circles as the girl has been doing along with the robseys it is hard if she is not fit company for the widow of a yorkshire squire i would advise the widow of a yorkshire squire to find her so retorted the angry father or i may perhaps be tempted to make her better acquainted with the name and nature of jack baltimore end of volume one chapter four